Hey, I'm Brady Hyen, and you're listening to Bettering Nashville. Today on the show, I'm speaking with Angie Adams, the CEO of Pencil. Pencil is a local organization that does a lot of great work to support public schools in Nashville. They have a lot of great programs and resources uh, that help fill a lot of the gaps that the district is unable to meet. Uh, As you'll learn in the show, our students have a lot of needs that some other students in other districts might not have, and Pencil does a great job of helping the district to meet those needs. We talk about the work that Pencil does in Nashville, as well as the needs of our students, and also we get a really brief overview of how the education system works on a political level in Nashville. So stay tuned for this conversation. It was a great one. I learned a lot, and I hope you do too. Thanks. Okay, Angie, who are you and what do you do at Pencil? Good morning. I'm Angie Adams. I'm the CEO at Pencil, and I get to do all sorts of things from raising money, recruiting volunteers, to actually hearing from students and district administrators on what their needs are. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about what Pencil is, how it came to be, and what you guys are about? Sure. Um, Pencil is a 38-year-old nonprofit organization that was created by the business community and some community leaders, um, really with the intention that the business leaders, um, CEOs of some top corporations in town, wanted a way to get their employees engaged inside school buildings, making a difference to public school students. So they worked with these women who were from League of Women Voters in the Junior League, to create the concept of pencil, um, really with the idea of putting number one people inside school buildings, engaging with students, um, and then putting other resources in as needed, which it's still great to me that 38 years later, that's exactly what we do. Seriously, that's, that's incredible. And is, I'm guessing pencil stands for something, right? Thank you for asking. Yes, pencil, <laughs> pencil is an acronym. Public education needs community involvement and leadership. Got it. That's great. I love that. Uh, And then can you walk us through maybe some of the programs or services that you offer? Sure. I really think about our work um, sort of in three buckets. Um, One, again, from the very beginning, um, volunteerism and mentoring of students. So having working professionals serve as mentors and tutors to students at all tier levels, whether it's um, my favorite, which is reading with an elementary school student who is struggling Mm -hmm. with literacy and coaching them on reading and helping them develop a love of reading. Um, Working with middle school students as they think about careers and helping them explore specifically STEAM careers through hands-on activities. Um, And then even at the high school level of doing volunteer and mentoring as students really begin exploring careers more in depth, hosting Mm -hmm. job shadows, field trips, um, being a guest lecturer, helping kids understand why do I ever need to learn geometry? Well, if you want to be a lighting designer for CMT, you need to understand angles in order to hang a lighting plot. So it helps kids really just 
understand why they're learning what they're learning. Mm, that's, so that's powerful. That's one bucket. Um, is that during school or are they, are, they, are they coming into the schools or? Yeah, um, which is a challenge we can talk about in a little while. Okay. okay. Um, yes, it is all about uh, volunteering during the school day or hosting the kids at their offices or at their places of business during the school day. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so then another thing that we are famous for, gosh, for the past 13 or 14 years is what's called our LP pencil box. When Louisiana Pacific came to town, they brought with them the concept of a free teacher resource center um, and asked us if we would take on that project, which we were happy to do. Um, so this past year, we provided $1.8 million worth of free high quality school supplies to teachers and students. Wow, that so, is amazing. And is that uh, Metro or is that a, a wider reach? Or? No, it is only Metro Davidson okay. County. So we are proud to say we are the number one school supply provider for Metro Nashville Public Schools. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. Yes. I know, um, that's, a, I know that's a massive issue. Uh, my wife was a school teacher for a while and I just, it, it baffled me how she was spending her own money to buy school supplies. Uh, and this was in Williamson County, but I know it's a huge issue everywhere. Right, it is. And if you think about it, um, I think the average student goes through something like 30 to 50 pencils per year. Oh, wow. um, and if a student shows up in your class and you're the teacher and that student shows up without a pencil, what are you gonna do? You're going to right. give that student a pencil. Right. Um, so for us to help teachers have those supplies available, um, and now that students are learning at home, having those supplies delivered directly to the students to make sure they have what they need is really critical. That's amazing. So do you serve as a distribution center as well, or, or do teachers come to you? Yes, both. Um, okay. Our model traditionally had been to have teachers come to us, and we have a storefront, and to let teachers mm -hmm. take what they needed from us to share within their classroom. Um, but we realized that obviously we're in a huge geographic area, even just serving Davidson County. Um, mm -hmm. So this past year, a local foundation gave us funding to hire a driver and make proactive deliveries to schools. Wow. Um, and then once the tornadoes hit and COVID hit and students began learning at home, then we began delivering directly to the sites where MNPS was serving meals for students. Oh, wow. That's and cool. then providing kits for students to take home um, to use at home while they were doing their work. Wow. I love that. That's amazing. So you have your mentorship final, and then the pencil box. Okay, yes. And then the else? third component um, are family resource centers. So what a lot of folks don't think about is that uh, many of our families who use the public school system are challenged economically. And so kids show up to school without clean clothes or sadly, a high school student may show up without the ability to have deodorant at home mm -hmm. and be subject to a lot of bullying. And so we can provide some basic supports for families and students, whether it be assistance with housing, food, basic household or personal needs to really break down barriers um, for the student to engage in learning. Um, mm -hmm. So we run school-based family resource centers that recruit partners um, to provide resources um, for those families to make sure that we can remove as many barriers as possible so that kids have an opportunity to learn. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. And that's the, that's one of your newer offerings, I'm, I'm assuming? No, we've been doing it for a while. It's a little okay. bit on a smaller scale because it's fairly expensive work. It right. really does mean having a staff person embedded in that school. 
um, to build trust with those families and students. Um, but it's certainly something that the district feels is vitally important, as does our board and staff. Um, and so mm -hmm. we are committed to that work. Um, and That's great. In as many ways as we can. That's great. And you touched on this a little bit, but can you talk to us about the the state of education in Metro? Um, maybe some numbers about where we stand uh, in the country? You know, we are the 42nd largest school district in the country, um, oh, wow. which I think is pretty amazing that um, I've heard this uh, said before that we have one school in the district. We probably have more than one school in the district that is larger than many entire districts and oh. <laughs> other parts of the state or country. Wow. Um, so it is really stunning when you think about just, you know, 86,000 students in roughly 165 buildings. Wow. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what we don't talk about often enough, um, and I touched on it earlier, is just the socioeconomic challenges of many of those students and their families. Um, that depending on whose stats you read, somewhere between 40 and 75% of all Metro Nashville public school families are struggling economically. And I'm sure that is changing and growing every day with our current circumstances. Um, and so kids are coming to school with far greater needs than just the need to learn. And so schools are expected to meet those needs for housing, for food, or calming and reassurance after a child has experienced a traumatic event in their home. Yeah. Um, so I think we're just expecting a lot from a district. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's always interesting too, because we, we have this mindset that, you know, school starts in August, the kid shows up and they're in the same classroom all the way through the year. Well, that's actually not the case for at least 30% of our students. Wow. Um, that's considered the mobility rate. So the mobility rate um, for the district, the average is 30%, but there are some schools that will have a 100% turnover of students within wow. their academic year. Wow. And what are the, what are the causes behind that? Um, again, it goes back to the socioeconomic needs that families are moving mm -hmm. more frequently because they are yeah. finding more affordable housing or they're losing their housing and they need to move to mm -hmm. a different location. Um, mm -hmm. or they're homeless. And so suddenly they're living in a different part of the county where they can ease more easily access resources. Wow. Um, and, you know, we also don't think about the number of students who aren't native English speakers and literally show up the first day of 10th grade, not speaking a word of English. Right. And so how do we manage those students? Um, and mm -hmm. that's a growing number for the district. Um, so I just think it's interesting to think about not just the outcome data, but the data of where the students are when they show up inside the school buildings. Yeah. And that's changing every day. It sounds like with them moving across the county. Um, yes. So it, it sounds like uh, the district is providing a lot more than just lessons in the classroom. <laughs> uh, are there any gaps where they're just not able to do as much as they would like? Well, I think if you talk to the district, they would say that their gaps fall across all levels. Yeah. Um, I always, I'm an accounting nerd at heart. Um, and I always think about that, you know, if the average private school tuition in Nashville is roughly 20000 a year, um, mm -hmm. and Metro Nashville Public Schools has a little bit less than 10000 per student to spend, 
Yeah. Um, and they're trying to solve a lot more problems than the typical private school environment is trying to solve. Um, then there are a lot of gaps. Um, and I think it's always easy for taxpayers to think, well, we, we just need to cut all those ancillary services. Well, mm. if a child is hungry, they're not going to learn very well. Right. If they didn't get a good night's sleep and don't understand the stress of the environment they're living in, they can't learn math. Mm -hmm. I spoke with Second Harvest Food Bank uh, a few weeks ago about that exact issue, about how they're trying. They've had numbers come back about students' improvements, uh, students' performance in school improving after they've had more food stability. It's crazy how all of that is so connected. All right. Well, and I do think, you know, if there's been... If there's been a silver lining of COVID, it's been, I think, far more public awareness that schools yeah. feed kids, public yeah. schools feed kids, and that if school is closed, that those schools still need to feed kids because otherwise mm-hmm. those kids go hungry both for breakfast and lunch. Um, yeah. So I just, when you think about where the funding goes and the gaps, there are many. And now with the technology, so thankfully there's CARES Act funding to hopefully get technology in the hands of students as they continue to learn remotely. Mm -hmm. Uh, What other misconceptions would you say that um, people in the district, taxpayers specifically, would have about our education system? You know, I think there are always the misconceptions that there's nothing good going on on inside school buildings. Mm. But the reality is there is something amazing going on inside every single school building. an event that Pencil has hosted for years is Principal for a Day, where we invite community members to go in and shadow a principal and experience life inside of a school building. And it always, always happens that countless of those guest principals come back and say, I had no idea that so much exciting, creative work was going on. I had no idea that there was so much positive going on. Um, and I'm not sure why as a community we don't bring that up to the surface more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been in school buildings all over the district and it is amazing what advanced academic opportunities are available for students, what creative opportunities are available, um, what um, opportunities are available beyond high school even. So there are so mm-hmm. many ways that a high school student can earn advanced credit while they're in high school at MMPS. And we just don't hear about that on a regular basis. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. I wish we could celebrate that in some way. As we continue in this uh, COVID era and uh, we're approaching what is supposed to be the next school year, you've talked about how you guys have already started to pivot with your pencil box project. Uh, are there any other ways that you all are changing moving into the next school year? Yes, uh, and we are actively working on that as we speak. But um, back to the number one reason why Pencil was created is having students have the opportunity to engage with working professionals and learn from them. But as we mentioned earlier, that's all been in the building together. And so if we can't go in the building, how do we do that? So we're rapidly Mm -hmm. um, looking at virtual platforms that the district feels comfortable with from a security standpoint, that we feel good about from an implementation standpoint, um, to roll out so that students and community members still have an opportunity to engage virtually and for that mentoring and tutoring to still happen regardless of where anybody is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because we don't want to lose, gosh, we have 750 businesses who partner with us and hundreds of thousands of employees engaging with students. And we don't want to lose that connection. Right, right. Very thankful that Dr. Battle, our superintendent, um, values that and has already assured me that there will be time during the day, during the school day, that will be carved out just for those engagements. Um, so we need to find platforms um, that we can feel good about using for that interchange to happen. Uh, on that, what is the relationship between Pencil and the district and the city? Uh, it sounds like you guys are kind of a big asset for them. <laughs> yes, we like to think we are. And, uh, you know, it is beautiful that Dr. Battle grew up in the system. Um, okay. And so she was a teacher who visited the LP pencil box and benefited from those resources. Hmm. She was um, a principal in a school um, that had a family resource center. So she knows about that work. She knows all, all about our tutoring and mentoring work from being an academy principal. Um, so she does not hesitate to reach out and say, hey, I have this great idea or my team thought about this idea. We'd love for pencil to help. Um, yeah. And that, that is what we're here for. Um, there are a variety of nonprofit organizations in the city that support education, but Pencil's role really is to bring resources to the district, um, not to be educators, um, mm-hmm. not to establish policy, um, but really just to listen to what the district's needs are and bring resources to the district. That's amazing. Um, when it comes to things like education reform, are there any ideas or solutions that are being tossed about or discussed that you think people should be paying attention to? You know, the one that sort of ebbs and flows, um, but I don't think we've solved yet, is the state funding formula called the BEP. Um, mm-hmm. And um, again, because we're not a politically motivated organization, I cannot speak in depth right. about that. But I will say that it only makes sense to me that if you think about um, like a rural district in Tennessee and the needs their students have versus an urban district, whether it's Nashville, Memphis, other intense urban areas, then I think there needs to be some attention paid to funding differences and funding needs um, and how those vary. Um, So that's the one sort of reform idea that's more of a statewide idea that I think needs a lot more discussion and a lot more public awareness um, Mm -hmm. because without money, it's really difficult to have much of an impact. And how could someone, whether they have kids in the system or not, how can someone get more involved with MNPS? Well, if you want to be a part of the solution, then you can always go to our website, which is pencilforschools.org. Um, We have a variety of ways that you can engage in the programs that we've talked about today and get involved. You can Mm -hmm. invest financially. Um, You know, and I think part of it, I always encourage people to start with, know who your local school district representative is um, from the school board and really pay attention to what's going on um, because there, there are decisions being made on a regular basis by those school board members that then have impact on students. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, always encourage number one, get involved with a student. That's the best way to learn the reality of what's going on inside a school, whether it's elementary, middle, or high, get involved Mm -hmm. with the student in some way, and then just start paying a little bit more attention to what's going on within the school board and the district from a policy standpoint and how you feel about those policies. 
Yeah. So the school board members or I guess representatives, I, I like to play very dumb when it comes to <laughs> political organizations, just so I think all my listeners are clear on that. So can you walk us through how that process works a little bit, like how th- a change happens in school districts, who is responsible for that and how we are connected to those people? Um, So let's think about it from sort of the highest level down, um, that the oversight really um, for the district rests in the hands of school board members. And for Nashville, there are nine elected school board members. Um, And so the county is divided into nine distinct districts with a school board member representing each of those districts. Um, They serve four-year terms. Um, and there is a rotation. So not every district votes every year in oh, okay. terms of who the representatives are. Mm-hmm. So the election in August, um, there are some school board seats that are up for election um, and some of those various districts. So that's the highest level of oversight. Um, then the district uh, or the school board hires the district superintendent. So the superintendent then has responsibility for executing and carrying out Um, all of the policies, all of the education methods for the district. Um, And so whether that is, you know, hiring and firing an individual teacher, principal, Mm -hmm. janitorial services, everything, that uh, really is the responsibility of the superintendent, who obviously has a significant staff to manage what Mm -hmm. is roughly 11,000 employees. Oh, wow. So if you think about, you know, if you're educating 86,000 kids... Yeah, There are roughly 11,000 employees to manage the buildings that they go in, to cook the food, mm-hmm. to educate, to provide counseling services, everything needed to support those students. Oh, wow. Well, that was a beautiful breakdown. Thank you for that. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, back to Pencil, what would you say are the hardest things for you all to do, um, whether it's right now in COVID times or outside of that, how can people be the most help for you? You know, it's interesting. I think our challenge always is hearing from the school a very specific articulated need um, because I can walk up to you and say, hey, Brady, would you like to help Metro Public Schools? You're like, yeah, I'm in. How can I help? If I can't answer with a very specific call to action to say, could you make time every Thursday to tutor a third grader for 30 minutes once a week for at least eight weeks? Could you do that? Mm-hmm. If I can't give you a very specific thing that I need your help with, then you might have great intentions, but there is no follow through. Yeah. So I think pencils challenge always is to help schools understand ways in which volunteers can make a meaningful impact on a student's life and on their academic outcomes And then how do we communicate that out to the world in a way in which it can be heard and that people can sign up and take responsibility and do that activity? Mm, I like that. So just honing in on this very specific needs of of the district. Right. And so I will say that we always feel most successful and I think students benefit most um, when a principal, if you think about the principals sort of being the CEO of their building, when that principal has a vision and can say, If you could get me 30 volunteers on the first Friday of every month for four hours, then Mm -hmm. I could do professional development with my teachers and motivate and excite them and have them have far greater outcomes the rest of the month. If I could just have those 30 people on Friday from eight to 12 once a month. Mm. 
I can go find somebody to do that. Yeah. So yeah, you need so, the metrics. You need to know what's needed. Right. That's great. Um, well, one more question for you here, Angie. And I ask this to everyone on the show, whether or not it's related to the work of pencil, how do you think we can make Nashville better? Get involved. Don't, get involved. Don't sit on your couch and wait. Um, and don't even wait for an invitation to get involved. Mm. Um, really think about what is it you're passionate about? Are you passionate about food, about plants, about art, about kids? Find whatever that passion is and go do something about it. Um, because I think anytime we can, this sounds risky in the area of COVID, anytime we can engage with one another and become more of our community and expand our circle, um, the more it impacts us as individuals and the more it impacts our community. Um, yeah. And I always like to encourage people, if you can, think about doing that volunteerism outside your neighborhood. Mm. Go experience what life is like in a different neighborhood. Understand the beauty of that neighborhood. Understand the people of that neighborhood. Understand the challenges of that neighborhood. Because mm. I think it's only by experiencing those things personally that you develop the care and the empathy to think about changing that and making it better for everyone. I love that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so once again, can you tell our listeners how they can find out more about Pencil uh, and ways they can get involved? So the first step is always our website, pencilforschools.org. Um, and we have just very easy to manage uh, information about our programs, ways to volunteer, ways to invest. We always have fun activities. These days, they're mostly virtual Mm -hmm. um, but because we have a giant warehouse that manages our teacher resource center, we actually ha still have hands-on volunteer engagements that you can do as well. So check out our awesome. website if you'd like to get engaged. Great. Well, Angie Adams of Pencil, thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, and I wish you the best of luck with the upcoming school year. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Once again, that was Angie Adams of Pencil. If you liked what you heard on the show today, be sure to check out our Instagram at Bettering Nashville, where you can find links connecting to Pencil and figure out ways to get involved with them. Uh, additionally, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. And like always, if you have an idea for the show, if you know of an organization you'd like to be featured, reach out to me at betteringnashville at gmail.com or send me a DM at betteringnashville on Instagram. Thanks once again for listening and I'll see you next time.